0: Welcome to Six Pack. I'm your host, Erin Inselman. This is an uncut show that supports parents in the enjoyment of raising children and having the fire and spirit to do life, with a side of sarcasm and humor, of course. I'm a mom of six, a wife, and a business owner in the health and fitness industry. Each week, myself and other experts will be sharing pointers and stories on parenting, self-growth, health and fitness, and relationships. Join me for this real and raw show dedicated to sharing tips, tribulations, and the triumphs of everyday life. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Six Pack Podcast. So today I had actually planned to talk about stress, different ways that we can recognize it, signs, different exercises that we can do to relieve stress and improve our energy level. And funny enough, today was actually kind of a pretty stressful day for me. So while I was at work, a little incident happened here at the house. As I came home from work and walked in the door, I noticed a baggie on the counter, and it was full of beautiful blonde little locks of hair in the baggie. And so immediately, of course, no one is to be seen. No one is around in the kitchen or the living room as I walk in the door, except my eight-year-old, who it's like she was just waiting for me to walk in so that she could tattle or tell the story. And I said, okay, well, what happened? And she proceeded to tell me a story that my four-year-old had cut our two-year-old's hair. Now, at this time, the babysitter has been there. And so my first thought is, going to kill the four-year-old. My second thought is that, sure, that the babysitter feels absolutely horrible. So I do not want to make a big deal out of this in front of her enough to have a you know an impact, of course, but not to make her feel any more uncomfortable because I'm sure she feels horrible and this kind of thing can happen to any of us. In fact, it has happened to me in the past. You know, 18 years ago, I had a four-year-old also that cut a two-year-old's hair in the morning before I had to go to work and it was cut to the scalp and there was hair everywhere. So as I was getting ready for work 18 years ago, my four-year-old decided to cut our two-year-old's hair. And therefore, it was so traumatic for me. I actually called into sick uh, to work that day and had to take her to go get a haircut. And she looked like a little boy. And so we went and bought a bunch of pink cats and had lunch and called it a day and moved on. So this was something that I had dealt with before, unfortunately, which probably a lot of us have dealt with things like this. So as I spoke with the babysitter, I got the story you know, from her, and then I had my 4-year-old apologize to her for her behavior and putting her in that situation, and the babysitter left. So my 2-year-old is asleep, so I still don't know what my 2-year-old looks like, but I kind of get in my 4-year-old's face a little bit and tell her how disappointed I am and that we have talked about you know, the safety of scissors and what to use scissors on and what not to use scissors on. And I get the whole sob story about how they were playing beauty shop. And, you know, of course they were. I mean, you know, why not? So anyway, she knew I was disappointed in her. And, of course, then the waterworks began. And she sat down and just kind of stayed put for a little while, which she should. Honestly, at that point, she should. And as I'm looking at her, I'm noticing that on her bang line, where her bangs are supposed to be, she now has more bangs. And they are about a half an inch and they are sticking straight up on the top of her head. So not only did she cut the two-year-old's hair, she proceeded also to cut her own hair. And then there's a big chunk out of the side or right by her ear as well. So I'm sure that the, our babysitter didn't even notice this because she was probably in such, it was probably so traumatic for her to have seen, you know, what happened to the two-year-old that she didn't even notice that Danny, our four-year-old, had done this to herself. And obviously I asked her about it and we went in the mirror and we looked and we talked about how this is not a good look for her. And the fact that I'm looking at this child and I'm like, oh my gosh, like she's got such thin hair to begin with. Like she seriously almost looks like she has a mullet now. How am I supposed to even make this look okay? Like is she, it's so short. She's gonna have to wear like headbands for the the next like five or six months just to cover it up. And so, anyway, during that time, my two-year-old wakes up for her nap, and she comes downstairs. And I was like, oh, my gosh. First of all, my two-year-old has a much thicker hair, a very different texture than my four-year-old. And she has a lot more curls and a lot more buoyancy in her hair. And all of her hair was pretty close to getting to where it was one length. I was growing her bangs out or she had not had bangs yet. So I was growing out her hair so that her hair would be all one length because she just has a different texture. It's just really thick and really pretty hair. And so she now has bangs and they're not good bangs. They're all different lengths and they kind of swoop to the side a little bit. And then as she turned around, she has right in the middle, a big chunk out. So her hair was probably not quite to her shoulders yet, but you know it was probably like, right around where, like, your Adam's apple is, you know, like, mid-neck. And the middle part now is completely up to where, you know, she's got very short in right in the middle and then two pieces of long hair on either side. So my older girls are also home at this time, and they're watching me react to this. And I'm just kind of like, holy crap, what am I going to do with these two girls And how am I going to salvage, you know, this hairstyle? But then I stopped and I realized that, okay, I am obviously very stressed out right now at this point because, you know, she's just four years old. Yes, she should know better. Yes, I'm very upset with her and I'm very disappointed with her. But yelling at her is not going to solve anything at this point. And so recognizing that sign of stress within myself, I was having a physical reaction. Like my stomach was upset. It was, you know, it was turning inside. So I took both little girls upstairs and we had some homemade haircuts. And so now we took a couple inches off of Danny's hair. She's the four-year-old. So she thinks she looks great. And... Then Ashton, my two-year-old, oh, we had to cut quite a bit off to make it look so she's got a cute little bob now, so to speak. But I have to tell you, when I had to cut so much off of each side, I almost wanted to cry. It made me so sad to cut it all off. But everything's, you know, it's just hair. It'll grow back. One little girl that looks like I put a bowl over her head and gave her a haircut, and I got another little girl that looks like she's got a bullet. So... That kind of started off the day a little bit, but it got even better. So I walked downstairs and Danny, of course, the four-year-old again, she had taken marker and covered, colored over the entire table. And this had happened before I had gotten home from work. So she needed to take Clorox wipes and it came right off. They were washable markers. You know, of course, we had a bit of conversation, spent some time in her room about, you know, coloring on things. So All day long, Danny, the four-year-old, she was just kind of on edge. And I could tell that, you know, either she was just, things were really getting to her or she was just out of whack because she was obviously doing some things to get attention. Attention that obviously that she had not been getting or she was just really tired of playing with her sisters, you know, for the last two months and not having any other social interaction with, you know, anybody else other than adults. So from there... We all kind of separated, and they each had a little bit of quiet time to where they colored or read or, you know, even had some Kindle time in each of their own separate spaces. And I felt like, you know, things were a little bit more settled and a little bit more under control. I was under control a little bit more. I wasn't letting things, you know, quite get to me. And then towards the evening and right after dinner time, it was like they just went crazy again. And... I was like, okay, we need to go burn off some energy. I knew I needed to run an errand, but I also knew that it was hitting a time where our clinic, our facility was closing. So maybe I could take them up there for a little bit. We have, you know, a pretty big area where they could run around and no one else would be there. And so I was like, that's what we're gonna do. So I got everybody, you know, on board with that and was getting loaded up in the car. And I could feel myself becoming more and more stressed because I just kept thinking back to what had been happening throughout the day. And a couple of them got in the car. So I had the two-year-old locked and loaded in her car seat. She couldn't go anywhere. There was no way that she was gonna cause any trouble. Then I had the eight-year-old come get in the car and stay with her. And she's fine. She'll just sit there and make sure that the two-year-old was fine. So then I was like, well, where's Danny? Where's the four-year-old? And of course my, you know, the first thought in my head is like, What is she doing? Because this kid has a mind of her own. And I went inside, and she, you know, very big girl. She had to use the restroom. So she went and was using the restroom and trying to take care of things on her own. And I walked in, and there was poop everywhere. I'm like, what? What happened? What happened? Well, she had tried to take care of herself, and, you know— apparently had gotten on her hands and, hey, why not wipe it on the wall, right? Why not wipe it on the wall? That seems logical. So I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I've got one down in the car seat. I got another one watching that one. you know. So quickly I cleaned her up, Clorox the walls, Clorox the toilet, and just looked at her and said, you need to go downstairs and you need to get in the car and you need to buckle up. And I don't want to hear another word from you. So she knew at that point, like mama had had it. She went downstairs, got in the car, buckled up. So at this point, we're pulling out of the garage and my husband's pulling in from work. And I'm like, wait a minute, he's home like 40 minutes earlier than he normally is. I thought I was gonna be able to take the kids to him and he would be able to tag team with me and help me out a little bit. So he pulls into the driveway as I'm pulling out and we stop and I give him a little rundown of what's happening and bless the man, he looked at my face And he said, why don't you let me take them? Let me take them for a little bit. (laughs) And so I did not argue at all. I thought, oh, dear God, please take these children. Please take them and just run them, run them to death, make them work. There was nobody at our facility. They could just run around and play and burn off some of that energy. So he ran inside and got a quick, you know, bite to eat. And then, like I said, the kids were already in the car waiting for him. And so he hopped in the car. And as I got out, my other daughter was just getting home from work. And she, you know, kind of knew here and there things had been happening because she was at home earlier in the day when some of this happened. But she didn't know everything. So I proceeded to kind of share with her what had happened. And she just started laughing, just started dying laughing. So then, therefore, it changed my state. It put me in a happier mood. And she said, you want mom, get in the car. So I'm like, okay, I'll get in your car. I'll, you know, let's go. Where are you taking me? She took me and, you know, we got a drink together, not an alcoholic drink. We just went through a drive and and we grabbed a drink. And then I was able to go do the errand that I needed to do. And, you know, we just kind of laughed a little bit together. And it completely changed my state of mind. And it was one of those things that was a good way for me to get away when I needed to, but at the same time, you know, just kind of reflect back, knowing that I obviously needed a break from the things that were happening. And the kids needed a break as well. They needed a change of scenery. They needed to do something different. And so by the time I got home, they had already, you know, been running around for a little bit. And my husband actually had had them home and they were brushing their teeth and they had their PJs on and they were getting ready and getting to bed. So I went in and talked to my 4-year-old and just told her how much I loved her and that it was it was just a bad day. It was a bad day. It was a day full of decisions that weren't decisions that she normally would make and talked to her a little bit about the right things to do and the wrong things to do and I told her I loved her very much and tomorrow was a new day and we were going to start fresh and she said, "Well, I used to be such a good girl when I was younger when I was 3." And I said, "Well, Danny, I said, you are a good girl. You just had a bad day. It's okay to have bad days once in a while. We just need to move on and learn from it. And tomorrow's a good day. And you know, I told her that she is a good girl and you know, gave her kisses. And within seconds, she was out and she was asleep. So again, I wanted to talk about stress today. And then this happened. So I thought, well, I'm gonna share that story and share the fact that You know, we have stresses every single day that we deal with. So I would like to give you some tips on things that I do to help me with stresses. So first, like I said, stress is recognizing it. Knowing those signs of stress, many times stress comes in some type of physical reaction where we might get a headache, we might get a stomachache, or we might just feel low energy. So the first step, obviously, is awareness. Then one of the things that I like to do you know, kind of as a go-to and things that I've even trained the kids on is breathing, taking these deep breaths. So when we are stressed, our breathing becomes very irregular and very shallow. And so it's important to take deep breaths because this can help lessen the stress and anxiety that our body is feeling. So by breathing slower and more deeply from your stomach, not from your chest, but from your stomach, you signal your nervous system to kind of calm down a little bit. And then this breathing deeply really allows more carbon dioxide to actually enter our body, enter our blood. And then this quiet downs our brain a little bit. And it helps us focus so that we are not taking such shallow breaths. And so in order to focus on your breathing from your stomach, because this was something that was really a little difficult for me, when I first learned some of these techniques as far as deep breathing was that I realized I breathe a lot from my chest and not so much from my stomach. So when I need to focus on my breathing, I focus from my stomach. I am pushing my stomach out each time that I inhale. It feels a little bit uncomfortable like the first few times you do it or a little bit, until you practice it, but the more you do it, you will notice like this difference in your body about feeling a little bit more relaxed. And so there's a couple different exercises that I like to do. One is when I first started learning how to do a lot of this deep breathing, I would come up with a pattern. So I would try it in a pattern where I would maybe breathe in for four and out for six or in for four and out for four. And that's typically actually what I do with my children when they get stressed out or especially like when they get hurt or something like that. I have them lock eyes with me and take four deep breaths in and then four out. And so this is something that is actually like I can get them to, you know, tune in and get themselves calm and get themselves more relaxed so that they will take a step back and stop and try to, you know, get their emotions under control. And then I would say, you know, as you're trying this and working through this, give yourself a little bit, you know, give yourself a little bit of love and credit for at least like stopping and recognizing some of those signs of stress and trying to work on focusing on your breathing from your stomach and pushing your stomach out each time that you inhale. Another thing that could help with, if you're still kind of struggling a little bit with taking some of those deep breaths, another thing that could help is there is actually guided forms of breathing exercises that will help you. I know we've talked about the different apps before, like Calm has some exercises on there for breathing. But again, if you just search on YouTube, you can find different ones that actually help you get that breathing under control. It really does make a big difference when you learn how to do some breathing from your stomach instead of from your chest, as far as helping you feel a little bit more calm and helping with stress as well. Other things, obviously, that can help with stress is any type of exercise, anything that physical that you can do, whether it's taking a walk, whether it's doing a workout, whether it's doing yoga, meditation, anything like that. Any type of physical activity will help your body release some of those endorphins to take away some of that stress and and have a physical reaction for you. So the next thing I want to talk about a little bit is EFT, so emotional freedom technique. This is the technique that I learned, I would say, probably about 12 years ago. And it's a little out there, but it's something that actually I continue to go back to, especially when I'm in really, really high stress situations or if I have had a stress in my life that has caused me, you know, a lot of pain, possibly, or something that just kind of keeps reoccurring for me to where I have a lot of emotion or a lot of baggage behind it. And so emotional freedom technique, or like I said, EFT is what it is called in some instances. It's a form of treatment to help you relieve emotional stresses. People use this technique to create a balance of energy through like a tapping method. So it involves different parts of your body as far as like a tapping method to where you can go to different meridian points much like like an acupuncturist would use different points within your body to help you know relieve some stresses this is just with your hands this is just with using you know your two pointer or your two fingers to tap out different points of energy or different meridian points so i just want to take you through a little bit of what eft looks like what it sounds like one is first of all Like we said, identifying what is stressing you or what is bothering you, really focusing on what is it that I am stressed about? Is it something that a coworker said to me? Is it something that, you know, my boss said to me? Is it something that's a problem that's happening at work or at home? What is it actually that is stressing me out? And think about that problem. Think about that problem you want to resolve and focus on the one issue. Focus on one issue at a time. And so after you identify what that issue is, then give it a little bit of weight. So in other words, rank the intensity of the issue. Is it something that is super strong? Like if you had a scale from zero to 10 with 10 being the worst the issue could be, rank it so that you have an idea of how to assess to see if this tapping method is something that is being effective for you at the end of the treatment. The next step is setting up the process of beginning that tapping. So before you actually start to actually physically tap, you need to come up with some type of a phrase. So the reminder phrase that you're going to use should be acknowledging the issue should be conveying some type of self-acceptance in spite of you know, what maybe someone did to you or what someone said. So for example, the phrase that I use is even though I have, whatever that issue is, even though I have this issue, I deeply and completely accept myself. So I might say, even though I had a very stressful day and my, I'm very upset with my four-year-old, I deeply and completely accept myself. Or even though I have this feeling towards this person, I deeply and completely accept myself. So trying to be as specific as possible. And what you're gonna do is take that, that phrase that you use and you're gonna to continue to repeat it as you are tapping. So during the step of tapping, you are going to tap on specific points within your body while repeating the phrase that you have chosen. So the tapping points in the sequence start actually at the top of the head. So you're gonna start at the top of the head And you just take your two fingers and you tap anywhere from like five to eight different taps. And so starting at the top of the head, you'll tap on the top of your head five to eight times, but you'll also be repeating that phrase at the same time. So even though I have this issue, I deeply and completely accept myself. From the top of the head, then you move to the beginning of the eyebrow. So right at the beginning of the brow, just above and to the side of your nose. So again, five to eight taps. Even though I have this issue, I deeply and completely accept myself. The third location that you move to is the side of the eye. On the bone, at the outside corner of the eye, five to eight taps. Even though I have this, I deeply and completely accept myself. Then right under the eye, on the bone, under the eye, approximately about an inch right below your pupil. Again, five to eight taps right below the eye repeating that same phrase. Then under the nose. So the point right between the nose and the upper lip. You'll tap five to eight times under the nose. Even though I have this issue, I deeply and completely accept myself. And again, when I say issue, you're filling in the blank of whatever it is that's bothering you. From under the nose, you move to under the chin. So right at the chin point, halfway between the underside of their lower lip and the bottom of the chin. So kind of right in the middle there, again, five to eight taps. Even though I have this issue, I deeply and completely accept myself. From your chin, you move to the beginning of your collarbone. So the point right where your breastbone or your sternum, your collarbone is, and you can kind of feel like your rib intersect there. So you feel like you're where your first rib is. And again, you're tapping, even though I have this issue, I deeply and completely accept myself. And then the last spot is under the arm, not directly inside the armpit, but under the arm at the side of the body, approximately about four inches right below the armpit. And you complete the tapping five to eight times there. Now, when you're tapping, you use, you know, two or more fingers, and then you're gonna repeat that same sequence, you know, three times or five times, depending on like the severity of how strong that stress is or how strong that emotion is. You know, sometimes I'll go even five to eight times through the whole sequence, and then I'll take a deep breath and then I release. And it is absolutely an amazing technique. There is just something about the body's energy and hitting those meridian points that really, really can help you just release some of that stress as well. And so it's something that I don't want to say I do frequently, but it's something that. That I have done quite a bit in the past, especially when I have something that's really just hanging on to me that I was like, I really struggle with releasing or letting go. This has by far been the best strategy, this EFT method that I have used. And it's something that, you know, once you get used to those different points that you hit, the top, first it's top of the head, eyebrow, then the side of the eye, then under the eye then under the nose, then that chin point, then right on your collarbone, and then you know, right underneath your arm, a little bit below the armpit area. So once you get used to that pattern, it's super simple to just keep going. And after you get familiar with the sequence of it, you can even start to add more detail and more depth to your phrase. So when I'm going through it, since I've done it so many times and so often, I don't always use the same phrase. I'll use it the first time through, but then the second time through, I might add some more detail to it. And as well as the third time through, the fourth time through, depending, like I said, on that scale that I've given myself of, you know, where the intensity of my issue kind of ranks a little bit. So this is one of those things that is very beneficial. And there are also different videos and stuff like that out there on it. If you want to, you know, actually see somebody doing it and process it in a little bit of different way other than just through an audio. So if it's something that you're interested in, I would definitely check it out. It's something that is, like I said, worked very, very well for me. So in addition to the tapping, there is also other different ways of, you know, touching for positive health. And our bodies have like this vibrational frequencies of energy that is just surrounding us constantly. And when our body is out of alignment or the energy is out of alignment based on, you know, stress or different things that are happening within our lives. So when that energy is blocked, then the flow of that energy is restricted and it becomes unbalanced. And so there is actually that a book that I read quite a few years ago, it's called Touch for Health by John McGuire. And he actually speaks quite a bit about just the vibrational frequencies and the energy that surrounds our body that helps us with any type of pain or other symptoms that we're having that become blocked or the result of it is, you know, it blocks the energy. So, um, you know, sometimes I think about like, do you ever just feel like you need a hug? That is an exact type of touch for health that I'm talking about is that, When you're feeling stressed and you just embrace someone, giving them a hug or touching someone, have you ever just felt like their energy and it just makes you feel so much better? That is exactly what I mean when I say touch for health. And so all of us produce this energy and being able to interact with someone and having a touch with them is another way to definitely, you know, relieve any stress or anything like that that we have as well. Another way that I, you know, that can also just like immediate type stress that you might have, or like I had mentioned before, is that sometimes, you know, when we are stressed, we get like stomach aches or we get headaches or things like that. And so another little thing that I learned was that, so our ears actually act as like an antenna. They have different acupuncture points within there. So the ears actually, you know, join that meridian system. And this technique that I'm going to talk you through is something that you can do to also help increase energy that you might need to kind of flow into your body. And so many of us actually carry a lot of tension and stress, like in our neck, in our jaw. And so by doing this little technique that I'm going to talk you through, it actually can help relieve some of that. So what you do is you take a hold of, like, that underfold or that underturn right over the part of your ear. And you're gonna pull firmly away from the opening of the ear. And then you're gonna stretch it with your fingers and your thumb. So you're just, again, you're taking hold of that underfold and that turned over part of your ear. And you're pulling away from the opening of the ear, stretching it with your finger and your thumb. Then you're gonna continue to go down and around the earlobes and just repeat it a couple times. And as you do this, you'll notice like an increase in your energy. You'll notice the your muscles around your neck and your jaw just kind of start to relax a little bit. And with unrolling the ears, it also, funny thing is, it also helps our auditory learning and our retention. So if you are going to a workshop or a seminar or something like that, um, that's something that actually is a very quick and easy thing that you can do and so this is something that you can do and you'll notice that you you know you'll have a lot more attention and you'll retain a lot more information by doing this or if you feel like you are losing focus you know at some point you know during a conference or during some type of workshop then that's another thing that will help you like refocus a little bit and so that's again just a, a quick little thing as well and then for headaches um, some of you might know this one as well if your pointer finger and your thumb, so as those bones come down and start at that intersect there, there's right between your pointer finger and your thumb, you kind of have like a little, I call it a little fat pad, but you have a little bit more meat right there that's not bone that, you know, feels more like muscle and uh, tendon a little bit. And if you can, again, take your finger and your thumb and you hold that point there right by your finger and your thumb, and you just kind of press firmly and rub it a little bit for, you know, anywhere from like 60 seconds, or even if you just like pulse it like 15 to 20 times, you will notice that your headache will start to go away. So again, that's just another acupuncture pressure point that, you know, can help relieve headaches as well. So another super easy way to relieve stress is to sing, get in your car, turn on your favorite music, just let it go, belt it out sing in your kitchen, sing while you're getting ready in the morning, it dramatically changes your state and changes your mind as well. And then we've talked about this before, but even journaling. Journaling is a really really great way also to help reflect on your day, but then also help you kind of relieve some of that stress that you might having and be having and then also to just to, it brings that self-awareness, that recognition to yourself. So that you, if you have a pattern that you're following when it comes to stressful situations or different things, then you can always look back and reflect back on that so that you can approach a situation maybe a little bit differently. So I know we deal with stresses every single day of our lives, and sometimes it's just nice to have a couple extra tools in our toolbox to be able to pull from that are quick, that are easy, that are effective. And I just wanted to at least take today to share with you some of the things that I have found helped me relieve some stress. So hopefully you'll be able to, you know, give some of these deep breathing exercises a little bit of attention or give the EFT a little bit of time. But just remember that we all deal with stress. We all have stress every single day and it's a matter of recognizing it. And how are you going to deal with the way that you react? So have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Six Pack. I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard today. Please share this episode with a friend. And if you haven't already, click subscribe. Rate and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Have a beautiful week and tell the important people in your life just how much you care about them. Much love and blessings to you all.